Yo, this is M1 from Dead Press. Hey, what's up? This is Boots from The Coop. Now, I mean, telling you to stay tuned to Hard Knock Radio. Keep it locked. On the move, this is Pam Africa on Hard Knock Radio, the station of resistance. Down with this rotten ass system. Yo, check this out. Hard Knock Radio coming at you, bringing the noise. This is Chuck D, public enemy number one. News, views, and hip hop. Peace and love, this is Azim. You're listening to Hard Knock Radio, real radio, from the concrete up. All the way to the sun. Keep shining, y'all. One love. What's up, folks? This is your girl, Femi, representing the whole Bay Area. I'm here on Hard Knock Radio. News, views, and hip-hop. Stay tuned. Davey D, Hard Knock Radio, hanging out with you this afternoon. Standing in front of me, somebody who's no stranger to our airwaves, Tony Coleman. He is the owner of Bikes for Life, but he's a longtime activist. Somebody who's been holding things down in West Oakland. And we wanted to talk to him because you are seeing uh, uh, not a decrease in a problem that we've been addressing. And that many people have spoken towards and we're seeing symbolic gestures. But we're not seeing real life uh, 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 stoppage of gentrification. And how that is playing out for people in West Oakland. And I wanted to talk to you because you actually have a business in West Oakland. So my question for you, Tony Coleman, is how are things faring for you in West Oakland, what what used to be known as Harlem of the West, uh, for people like yourselves who are black and own a business? How is this gentrification thing playing itself out? Uh, man, it's playing itself out. And, um, you know, it's very concerning for a lot of folks, uh, not only just for people of color, though predominantly um, we're the ones that's mostly up against it, um, of these higher exorbitant rents, uh, making way for a lot of the tech people. I mean, since we are near a bar station and it's kind of central to a- anywhere you go in the Bay area, you're central to going to like, you know, the Richmond Vallejo area or to going the other way to like San Jose. So you're central. So folks, it, it, so when, what used to be considered like a, a bad neighborhood where folks would uh, try to stay away from now is a folk is a place where a lot of these folks are trying to move to and when that happens then you see the dynamic change and you see folks coming in um you know this you know uh they couldn't find space in san francisco are now coming in uh to uh the area and they have this kind of like entitlement it's almost like i could i could i could make a uh you know comparison to like settlers you know, and they come in with that kind of like real uh, tone of, you know, the folk, we're going to clean up this neighborhood as if the people that's already existing there are the problem. And it just feels like that. And so you have these kind of like these blogs like Next Door, which can be used as a good tool. I mean, we had we were able to use it a couple times in a good in a good capacity where we posted a meeting and a lot of people came out. But most of the time on this blog it's mostly about these new people coming in and uh, uh, highlighting, you know, the boogeyman outside. And mostly those uh, people are black and brown, so you can't help but to feel like, you know, they talking about, you know, poor folks that's in the, in, that's in the area, and it's always something negative. And so the whole concept of, uh, of where you're bringing people together is now is just uh, is very divisive. And so we're seeing that, and we've seen one of our uh, one of our members because we have a, a, a monthly meeting um, that they've been living in a household of four, 
and they've been paying around eight seventy five a month. And just across the street, um, and they've been there for like twenty years, right? N- now just across the street, a studio went for twenty three hundred, right? So now you're seeing like a lot of these landlords are now feeling like they're losing money, right? They feel like well now we're losing money if we are if we keep the rent affordable. And so now they're all like fixing up their places. They're either selling or they're fixing their places up to in order to uh, raise the rent. And it's going to push a lot of people out. And it has already pushed a lot of people out. What has the city been doing about this? I know you have reached out on a number of occasions, um, especially as a business owner, um, to express your concern about gentrification. Um, You being a longtime activist, but many people don't know, Tony was the uh, co-founder of Third Eye Movement, uh, which was, you know, one of the main organizations at Fort Prop 21 back in the days. And, uh, you know, and, you know, you right there alongside the Van Joneses and everybody else's uh, when they were coming up. And so uh, you were a factor and, and you're no stranger to organizing and had dumb stuff with people who have been incarcerated and all that. So. I just want to bring that track record to bear because you're not a rookie when it comes to, you know, picking up the phone, organizing people and knowing where uh, some of these uh, 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 buttons that need to be pushed are at. So, you know, when you, you know, set up this bike for life and, and and it's a shop that you set up so that younger people and people who have not been able to be employed can find a place and can get a skill set. Um, so you, it's community based. You've gone to the city and you talked to them about these concerns. What has been their action, their reaction to it? How have they helped or have they helped? No, I mean, it's basically lip service. I mean, it's like it's the same old thing, I guess, with, um, you know, with a lot of these politicians that they will when it's a photo op opportunity. Uh, I had a couple grand open. I had a grand opening. Then I had a re-grand opening. And both times we've had politicians that came and both of those politicians um, that had came, I was grateful that they came to add credibility to what we're doing there in the neighborhood and stuff. And I, I really was appreciative of that. But they have done so little. Um, and, and, and in fact, one of them has even done something that was counter uh, productive to us. They have, uh, you know, they had just got a plot of land right next, right across the street from us on 7th Street. A plot of land was given to uh, folks you know, Lane Brown and them, and and they are starting uh, uh, something there and basically um, are going to be raising a lot of uh, resources to build something new when we're already there existing, fighting to uh, survive and serving that, con- serving that community. And they're basically setting up shop to serve the same constituency, meaning formerly incarcerated and people in the neighborhood, which we're already doing. So that just plays us against each other, and that just makes it be like, you know, uh, you know, ignore uh, us, you know, and then set up shop. So they here you got here you have a politician, Keith Carson, that was at our grand opening, and then a couple years later, you're there, you know, with a uh, uh, in front of in front of that uh, plot of land, um, you know, talking about that space. And um, and normally we would be, you know, um, you know, happy to have all these um, resources brought to this neighborhood, but in this in this situation, it's not like that. It's like you know, here you got some folks that don't live in the neighborhood we all live in in this neighborhood and we're serving in this neighborhood which is which is you know ideal right and here you got some outside folks um coming in that's going to set up shop 
and are getting resources to do so millions of dollars to build something from scratch from dirt when we are already in an existing historical landmark space that can be tore down you know um and and we're trying to preserve it and we're trying to save it and here we are fighting for our life and these are the kind of pressures that we're up against not only are we fighting to gentrification to try to uh, beat back some of these exorbitant prices that's going to be raised because these landlords want to comp- uh, want to uh, you know raise their rents to target uh, you know some of these tech people that's willing to pay whatever amount that they that they offer you know that they put and then um, on top of that you have uh, uh, this situation where you have uh, you know nonprofit that's coming in that's targeting the area in another way and so we're up against it in two factions. Well, let me ask you this. You know, somebody listening to this would say, well, you know, are, are people fighting over crumbs? Isn't there enough, you know, to go around? And, you know, there's got to be a solution. It sounds like it's a situation of resources not being spread about correctly. Or is there, you know, certainly you just don't want to be the only game in town. Well, it's just like this. Everything is – that's why I like organizing because it's, everything is real basic, real common sense. It's basic. You have a, a neighborhood. If folks come into your neighborhood, you would want to have some kind of uh, relationship built. You would come in. If I came into somebody's neighborhood, I would build relationships with them, those folks, right? If I came to a village, right, and uh, I was from another village, and I came over to that village, and I liked the, the lake that there was right there, and I wanted to set up shop, and but these this village fished there, and that's how they made their living, and they were already there. I'm not just going to set up shop and not communicate with those folks. I'm going to try to work out some kind of relationship with them where we can both coexist. So it, it goes all the way back down just as the basics. You know, you come into somebody's hood, you, you want to uh, you want to build a relationship with them. You don't just set up shop and then not have this relationship worked out. Um, that's just, uh, you know, common sense right there. So what else has been going on? You had mentioned earlier that it's been a little hostile with uh, newcomers coming in and, and how they're treating the residents. You, know, you mentioned a little bit about the, you know, people being reported as suspicious in their neighborhoods, but mm-hmm. how, how else has that been playing itself out? And what can be done to change that? Well, we've been doing a lot to, uh, you know, just having uh, our spaces open to newcomers and uh, folks that's been long-term residents, which has been great. Um, because without that, then you have that colonial mindset and folks coming in, and then they always just put it off. Well, you know, we just want, you know, we just, you know, we live here now. We just want to make it better. And it's hard to, you know, not want to, it's hard to disagree with that, right? We all want it to be better. We all want it to be safe. But in the tone that they, from what they do it from, is a different tone, and you can feel it. And when you have folks that's concerned about, they're seeing their neighbors being pushed out, and they're concerned that any day now that they could be pushed out, and then on top of it, you have this kind of, uh, you know, this tone that's uh, targeting people to look like them as always being suspicious. So it's an anti-black, anti-brown attitude, you know, it's basically what I'm hearing that, you know, that it the uh, to make a West Oakland better means that black and brown people need to leave West Oakland and be replaced with somebody else. Um, and that will make it a better community. Yeah, it's it's like that. And then you always have the first wave of uh, real liberal 
uh, artists or, or folks, progressive whites, to come in. Um, that first wave of gentrification is kind of like a little bit more tolerant because even like we had a historic history uh, uh, um, community meeting and it was packed house, but it was 90% uh, white, you know, new people that just moved to the neighborhood that wanted to learn about the neighborhood. And our panel was all black and was talking about the history. So just that dynamic in itself is a trip because now you have, you know, we uh, 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 when we have events and things like that, you have the progressive whites that are just moved here. They have this kind of like uh, conscious about that. They are sensitive to that. But the second wave gets less tolerant. And then by the third wave, then it, it's like the kind of tone is like, y'all ain't gone yet. Like, dang, you know what I mean? That's the kind of tone. And that happened already in the mission. So we already used to that. We already seen that happen, how the, how the mission was like that. First, the first wave was progressive. And then you had a lot of progressive whites that was down, coming to the meetings and was trying to, you know, work with folks that was uh, currently there. And then by the third, by the third uh, wave of that gentrification, now you got folks, you know, uh, 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 you know, taking over soccer fields and calling the police on the youngsters uh, for playing soccer there because they had reserved it. You know what I mean? That's the kind of thing that's happening right now in West Oakland. Hopefully that we've seen enough of this uh, happen already that we can try to, uh, you know, uh, learn from that and do things differently and prepare for that is the best way we can. But it's all going to come down to us coming together as a, as a community, which is already fragmented because people are trying to just uh, keep their thing going. And um, that's what's so important about us at One Fam and the Seventh Street Cafe, and why it's so important for folks to get involved with us. If you live in the Lower Bottoms, if you live in West Oakland, even if you don't, if you just care about this issue about gentrification and displacement, to come and unite um, because we all got to get come together because we can't just be a little hood that's off in the corner somewhere when every hood in Oakland is going through the same thing. We all got to come together. You know, we've been talking with Tony Coleman, Bikes for Life, One Fam. Um, you just invited people down. You said you were, you know, there's a little organization that's been forming um, to deal with this down there. So I guess that's part of it, the One Fam thing that you're talking about, or mm -hmm. is there more to it than that? Well, it's, it, we, we've always been an organization, and we've, uh, you know, and, and since we all live there and we have this organization, One Fam, it's always been about community and meeting folks where they at. So we already had residents and neighbors meeting together, but now we're just taking it a step further where now we have to fight for our property, our space, because now we're getting ready to get pushed out. And so we're rebranding that whole block, that historical district right there that used to be the Harlem of the West and, and, and branding it as the uh, new performance uh, uh, village, you know, and, and call it a culture district and, so, and bring artists um, all together because artists uh, are the, 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 the mouthpiece. They are the spirit. They are the ones that can help get the message out and it can help us become self-sustainable. So by having artists all come together and, and, and be a part of the movement is so crucial. And that's why we want to bring, make our space available to all artists. So artists that's down that want a stage, the stage is yours right here at the 7th Street Cafe, formerly of Rev, used to be called Revolution Cafe. And we want to make this the artist district, uh, bring it back. And because right now is the time. And if you are artists and you've been down for the cause and you want to get your, and even if you're just a new artist, they want to get on and just want to get out there, get your, 
your voice out there or just come up. This is the opportunity right now because we want to make this a place for y'all right here at 7th Street Cafe. Well, there you have it. Tony, we appreciate you taking time out. And, of course, big shout-out to the efforts that uh, people have been doing, like at 14th Street with the Black Arts Commission and all those folks. But, you know, we've had this conversation, and it seems like it's all over from the east to the west and to the downtown area. And hopefully people who are listening are able to relate to this message and, and take a stand and, 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 and put a stop to it. Yeah, we have um, a meeting um, um, April 7th, Thursday, April 7th. And there's a very crucial meeting for everybody to come out. 6 p.m. at 1612 7th Street, Thursday, April 7th. is a, uh, for all artists and all activists to come out to 7th Street Cafe um, Thursday, April 7th. It's a crucial meeting. Um, it's an opportunity for all of us to come together, and you will learn more about how to get involved, how to engage, and on how the uh, artists can uh, you know, be the, the, the backbone of this movement that we're about to lead. There you have it. We're going to take a break here on Hard Knock Radio. We'll be right back. Out. Wild out here like a pack full of wolves, ripping through a full moon out, telling two cities. The 
pretty and the gritty, the welcome and neglected, the prosperous and profitless. We got some issues to address, can't build a part of the city and neglect the rest. I came to shed light, uh, shed light, uh, leave the path illuminate through the night, yeah. Shed light, shed light, it's the new dawn, clear vision for your sight, so open up your eyes and see for ever.